You're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast. This episode is produced by Ben Ridley. Hello and welcome back to the Three Pixels podcast. I'm Ben, and no, you're not tuned in to the wrong episode by mistake. I'm actually doing a movie episode this time. And as most of you know by now, Avengers Endgame is one of the biggest films of the year, maybe even one of the biggest films of our generation, and it's worthy of a conversation. So we couldn't just avoid it and not talk about it. And that's exactly what I did. With the help of my fiance, we got on the phone and had a conversation about our thoughts, breaking down Avengers Endgame. Now, being a phone conversation, the quality isn't as high as our usual production levels, but it was such a good conversation that I had to hit record and share it with you guys. Here it is. Oh, quickly, by the way, there will be spoilers. I hope you figured that out because we are talking about the film in detail. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, maybe don't listen any further than this. Seriously, there will be spoilers. Okay, now I've said that. <clears throat> Over to you, Ben of the past. If we do this, we'd be going in shorthanded. Yeah, you mean because he killed all our friends? We owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. It's not about how much we lost. It's about how much we have left. Where's the Avengers? We gotta finish this. You trust me? I do. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. Endgame as a movie obviously kicks off the back of um, Infinity War. And I think, I think personally what they did was quite clever in terms of they took lots of different scenarios, kind of what people were theorizing would happen, and they just did them all. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they straight within the first few minutes, they did the whole, let's go and get Thanos, let's kill him, take the glove and try and save everything. And they just did that. It's like almost they just pushed that out of the way straight away. And it's like, right, that's not going to work. We've tried it now and then the, the, i felt like the real movie started after that because that was yes. it was like five years later everyone's coming to grips with people not being around and how what's the effect of that on uh, the characters of the world and everything like that and i think that's when the movie really started it was very funny to see all the different characters later on like to see how they would have and how they how they managed with that Although there's a, I really want to talk about, um, spend a minute talking about this because the way they dealt with Thor was very, very different because previously Marvel have done a very good job of dealing with post-traumatic stress with mm-hmm. Iron Man because after what happened in Avengers 1, he felt guilty for not having protected the world and left them open to something like this to happen. And that's what kicked off the whole civil war thing. That was very much a problem that um, Stark had to deal with. And they, I think that was dealt with very well. Like he felt, he felt like he should be this strong guy and he should be saving the world. But yet he had these moments where he was just like, I don't know what's happening to me. And there's a, there's a really great moment when he's in the suit and he's like trying to ask Jarvis, like what, what's wrong with me? You know, is my heart okay? Is everything all right? And he's like, no, no, you're just having a breakdown. You're, 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 you know, 
you're you're having an anxiety attack you know you're you're fine but you're having physically but you're having an anxiety attack and i felt they dealt with that really well what happened in iron man 3 with the kids um which i'll talk about the kid actually in a minute and um, uh, later on but um yeah they dealt with it really well but then when it came to thor in this movie they took it a completely different way and they almost made it a bit of a joke they turned they turned this whole post-traumatic stress disorder into a joke and you can't have it both ways you can't deal with it one way in one set of movies and then completely to because then you're kind of not really setting a precedent for how how this kind of illness or this kind of effect on characters is, is played out you know yeah i i feel like they were trying to go with the upbeat um almost like a a millennial kind of a vibe that yeah. thor has in general and then trying to twist that into someone who is dealing with um with some serious issues but it just kind of didn't come out very well yeah and he actually in my opinion he was really annoying throughout the entire movie he was really annoying. yeah i mean he, he got a lot of laughs in my in my movie theater like from the every time you could see his stomach everyone just broke up laughing like every time and that kind of changed the changed the mood of how we thought about his character he was more the butt of the joke rather than feeling sorry for him I think and that caused a lot of problems and also like yeah so when he was having his biggest breakdown on his home planet he'd just seen his mother the way they reacted with it was like oh you know we'll get the raccoon raccoon to slap him on the face and tell him to snap out of it because that's how we deal with post-traumatic stress like what no like you can't have it both ways so yeah that that was uncomfortable to watch yeah but seeing but on the other hand seeing seeing him him see his mother and that scene was great i enjoyed that scene a lot and i think the movie did a great job of touching on things that have happened or been referenced to across the 11 years i think there were some really nice moments throughout the whole film whether it was you know going back to the early days of cap um seeing um tony stark meet his dad that was really nice you know um Thor being able to go back and see Asgard again. Like, I think there was lots of really nice moments in there. That, and you know, seeing, the, seeing them go back to the first Avengers movie, they look so young in that movie. When I remember seeing them, there, they look so young in comparison to the how they look now. I didn't realize, uh, you know, it makes it really makes you feel like that was a long time ago in comparison. Every, everyone's really done good, but it was nice to, to take those moments because it did feel then that this was a movie for the fans. Like, they were they were going back and and, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, reminiscing and, and kind of putting things, finishing things off or completing things. I think that it was really nice that they kind of went back to the original Avengers crew and just focused yeah. on them. Yeah. On the other hand, it really brought to light how flat some of the characters are. There's one in particular that I think of when I say that, and that is Black Widow. Mm. And just how, like... Maybe this is just me, but can you even think of a single adjective to describe the Black Widow's personality? Like, I I just can't. And <laughs> oh god! And when she okay, the whole like back and forth between her and um, Hawkeye when they're trying to like decide who sacrifices themselves. Uh, I just sat there feeling like I should care about this, and yet... Honestly, the character, one of the characters I care about the least actually is Hawkeye. I kind of wanted him to just go. 
<laughs> well, I she went I, home money for us. Like, okay, great. I think that was the best decision here. I know he's got a family. <laughs> I know it's really bad at me, and I'm sorry. The way he kind of reacted to the whole thing with his family mm. disappearing kind of just made me yeah. feel really cold about it. His actions weren't really. I don't think weren't weren't justified. Like him going like killing people, like well, being some assassin doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, that whole thing just seemed so contrived and like, okay, so dark guy equals things, Batman. You know? Like, yeah. what is that? Why would he? Why would he go to Asia? Why would he suddenly like be like a contractor? Yeah, it just didn't make. How does how does losing his family? turn him into some kind of a uh like um a vigilante justice kind of a figure where he's just running around my understanding was that he was like traveling the world like uh, killing bad guys i maybe took it the other way i thought he was well not not completely the other way but i thought he was kind of like a contract anyone for hire type person honestly that whole plot line was so confusing i either way i mean i mean <laughs> There's a lot going on in the movie, so it, it's 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 really hard to keep track of it. And um, I've had to remind myself of a lot of things that I that I forgot about. Uh, on the flip side to that, one of my favorite character changes, and I can't believe it hasn't been done sooner, but it's kind of been building up to this, is um, just the Hulk in this movie is the best character for me because. <laughs> It, he does it so well. He does the really nice, charming guy. And that moment in the um, diner was was mm-hmm. great. And it brought so many smiles. And he, he was the real comic relief in the movie, I felt like. Yeah, which is really surprising given his story arc. Yeah, um, I thought it worked so well. <laughs> I thought it really worked so well. It was like everyone else is sad for once. Everyone else is a bit angry and like want to fix it. But he's like having a great time anyway. And wow. I think that really goes to show like how dramatic and angsty the rest of the movie is that they have yeah. to take the Hulk yeah. and, and make him into a comedic yeah. relief character. Yeah, I mean, that's really a sign. Which mean, it must mean that they're gonna they they're gonna continue to include him in some way in the movies going forward. I think I think he's. Oh yeah, I see him being a recurring character. Um, obviously, Captain Marvel and Spider Man. Captain Marvel had a, had a lesser place in the movie than I thought. I thought they were gonna yeah. use her to answer all the problems, but actually, she buggered off for most of the movie. Yeah, I was surprised about that too. But I think that. Um, I think that that goes into a problem that I've discussed with you before in introducing Captain Marvel is that she's too overpowered. Yeah. And so when you play that card, you lose all the stakes in the movie. (laughs) Well, that's why they decided to play the, like, you know, the card of that she can't be everywhere doing everything. So it's not like she's there all the time at, at every battle. She can only just turn up when she's really needed to. So that would be interesting to see how that plays up. I, from that, I kind of gather that she won't be part of the new Avengers type because you know, we're trying to figure out who's going to on. Which which quickly, we were just talking about Black Widow. I just want to put a mention in that I didn't think, and one of the reasons why I was like, oh, Hawkeye, yeah, that makes sense, was that um, she has a movie coming out like she's Does she really for another movie yeah so which must huh. lead that it's gonna be a um uh, you know a um prequel of some sort 
which right. to be fair, there's a lot of there's been a lot of references over the of the, the different movies to points in her life and different backstories but there's never really been explained she's never really had a backstory movie so, budapest yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but you know i think so it looks like it's going to be some sort of prequel movie because yeah it's already confirmed that they're doing that so that'll be interesting i mean obviously we knew about some things we knew that spider-man's got to be around because he's got a movie i mean the trailer dropped just yeah. after the the, move, the final movie came out and um, the last movie came out so we kind of knew that i mean we knew that anyway he's you know he's a new character and we knew that people like black panther is still going to be around because they've only just introduced them we knew captain marvel's going to be around and we had a feeling that people like iron man probably wouldn't make it but it's Still, to me, you know, I've been a big part of Iron Man anyway, but him and Captain America was still a sad, sad moment. It was still, it was still a bit rough, you know? Actually, I thought Captain America, that was like the perfect happy ending for him. It was, but it was still sad because like, for me, it was. I did not feel sad at all. I thought it was so beautiful and touching and like happy that he got to live his life that he always wanted to without the burden of being a superhero yeah i mean i thought that was i still want to know i still want to know what he did with thor's hammer though because he went away with thor's hammer near the end of the movie oh did he shield i missed that the stones so yeah i feel like he's just left it somewhere because he has and you see him at the end on the bench he has the shield and he passes it on to captain america um but the hammer but which brings maybe he up, kept it as a knickknack. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on his mantle. <laughs> maybe like in one of the other movies, we'll um, we'll, we'll like we'll stumble across it somehow. Like it'll be in some sort of lockup or something. We'll find when he passes away or something. I don't know. But talking about yeah, talking about Captain America, I think he had two of my favorite moments in in the movie. He had um, one I knew was going to happen because it was teased. Um, was Captain America meeting Captain America? I, I just I just oh. love that moment uh, when he's like when when the new the the younger Captain America's like I could go all day and he's like yep I know like that was great and the whole America's ass thing just just funny I loved it and also yeah the other favorite thing was when you had the the showdown with Thor and Iron Man and um, Captain America when suddenly you see Thor's hammer moving you're like okay what's going on and then it goes to Captain America I I honestly I was so happy that I geeked out completely over that because I, I legitimately so... thought that was going to be Captain Marvel standing there and that was going to be her entrance but I mean it makes sense though because like it's all about like who's worthy to yeah. wield it and like yeah. Captain America is supposed to I don't know he seems like uh, he yeah. stands for like morality and stuff. So, yeah. and he went on a rampage with that thing between that and the shield. Like he was just bouncing one after the other. Like he did some real damage. Like that was a really enjoyable moment. That was a kick-ass moment. I thought it was very interesting that in giving Captain America Thor's hammer, they also gave him Thor's lightning powers. I really that surprised me because I thought that like the lightning came from. Thor himself and not necessarily yeah. his weapon. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm not like the hugest Marvel super fan. So I don't know all yeah. of the little details. So talking about the, the kind of fight near the end, um, when Thanos' army came out, I thought, okay, wow, all 
all right, this is pretty intense. This is a lot of people. We're pretty screwed in this. But then when seeing the time portals open up and seeing fan favorite characters from all over different series, um, all down mm-hmm. to the little characters, um, was just awesome. Like it brought such a smile to my face seeing everyone. Yeah. It, it was the first time in a long time that everyone came together and started working together because it felt like, especially in the last battle we saw, um, which was in Infinity Wars, that since Civil War happened, everyone was a little bit of a little split. And that's kind of, looking back, what probably led to the failure of Infinity War um, in terms of the, the the mission for the Avengers was that they were fighting on different battles. They weren't fighting together. They'd split up. Mm-hmm. They were fighting different places, different wars. But this time, everyone was together. Everyone was doing the same thing. Everyone might not exactly know what was going on, which kind of came a little bit apparent. But they all knew that you know they had they had to fight to save um, to save themselves against Thanos. Um, yeah. And and it's 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 it was interesting to see how they how they worked with um, the characters coming back to life who had been wiped off because. Um, you know, as Spider-Man described it to um, to um, Stark, is he he's, he acted like he didn't even remember passing out. He just woke mm-hmm. back up and he was gone. Like, and then Stark was gone. Yeah. So yeah. for them, that they never pass, they never remember passing away. They just remember just waking up and and this happened. So that was quite interesting to see that. But yeah. It was it was quite apparent that like not everyone in Whitney was going, including like Captain Marvel who just arrived, and then like um, I could see that she knew kind of what to do. But I, I'm from what I got watching the film, um, I don't think she or the intention was for her to fly straight through the the, the time travel portal um, and destroy it <laughs> without a suit or anything. So I was like, oh, that's the goal. Let's fly straight through that and destroy that. Yeah, it was just incredible to see all that. That that was one of the biggest set pieces in a Marvel film for sure, having all those characters in one. And it felt like it, it felt like I was watching like some sort of big like football match or something because everyone was like <laughs> trying to get on top of the the ball, but in this case it's the gauntlet and trying to pass mm-hmm. it. And then the other team like getting close and then they're getting surrounded, and someone else comes along. So I've got it, and they grab it, and then they fly off. I do want to see your thoughts on the whole time travel aspect of it and the way the movie dealt with that. Um, it was funny because they like, you know, they made references to other time travel. They, they, they made it mm-hmm. very clear that they know they're not reinventing time travel movies. Yeah. And they did, they did actually address some glaring problems themselves in the movie by explaining it. You know, Bruce Banner explained that the way time travel actually works in the Marvel universe is that once you, 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 when you go back somewhere and change something, that's part of the future. That's not, that's not the past. Mm-hmm. Um, like some movies. So it's just like, yeah, you can go back to the past and change it, but then that's, that's now another offshoot of the future. Kind of also how Doc Brown explains time travel in Back to the Future 2 um, on the chalkboard um, when Marty stuck. Um, um, in the past is the yeah the minute you do that you that's a new reality then that's a that's a new strand from that future you can't get back to the old the old past that this is now the future so they they did that and there were some other like little bits that then they kind of just didn't explain but they kind of left it as a yeah we know it's a little bit (laughs) dodgy but hey 
just just forgive us. And I think people mostly will forgive. Um, I think that the only part that like really covered their asses um, is that they had Captain America go back and put the Infinity Stones where they belong. I mean, I think that that is kind of yeah. what is allowing me to suspend my disbelief. If they hadn't done that, then I mean, like, yeah. I, I I wouldn't feel as comfortable with their version of time travel. I think, you know, as far as time travel goes, it's a difficult writing tool because you start opening time travel and it's like, oh, I could just go back and change everything. That's something that future writers are going to have to be really careful of is because now that's something part of the Marvel Universe is there's a time travel machine now and it exists and still here. And mm-hmm. so, you know... I, I assume that they're not just going to use it as a, oh, let's just go back in time and fix things. But I wouldn't be too surprised if there's some cameos of Marvel characters that have passed away or not around anymore that we see in some movies. There may be some time traveling aspects of it, possibly. I don't know. I, I can I can possibly see the the, the possible that happening. But I I thought that like it was a, it was quite a task to send him on his own with all the stones to get them all back in the right place. The one of the most wanted resources in the universe. And yeah, they, they sent him on his own, like to put them all back in the right place. So, so like, I thought that was a bit, that was, a, you know, a bit trusting really, you know, not, but, but you know, a bit of a risk. I mean, but while sure. we're talking about Captain American time travel, as soon as they started in on it, like I immediately thought of like, Captain America going back and doing exactly what he did. To be honest, that seemed like foreshadowing to me um, when they started in on. Oh, or him going back. The time travel. Well, yeah. Him going back to his wife. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he. The nice thing of it, it was that he said he'd go back to dance with her, and that's what he. That's what he did in the end. So he stuck to his word as he went back and danced with her. Oh my God! You're totally right. That makes it even like. Yeah that adds like another level of sentimentality i didn't pick up on that yeah i mean look there's so much we can talk about in the end it's a three-hour movie you know we could break it down we could talk about every (laughs) aspect of it but personally for me as a whole i came out feeling fulfilled i felt like it did everything it needed to do it wrapped it up really nicely considering how much of a task it was to do this movie um you know what decisions had to be made which way they were going to take it uh, like it, it was a hard movie because you not only not only you having to take what happens in Infinity War and then progress that story um, and bring that to an end and bring this whole chapter to an end. You're also going to have to make a movie that is more ambitious and is better in in respect to the first to the to the part one because you know part one did very well. It sold like crazy. So there's mm-hmm. pressure of making part two better because it has to be better, you know? It has to feel yeah. better. And I think it did feel better. I, I prefer part two to part one as a movie. Yeah, me too. I, I, I had far more enjoyable moments. And as a whole, like, I, I think it had some really nice, lovely moments. It had some touching moments. It had some of the best fighting scenes that we've seen so far. And... I think it made, in in most part, the right decisions for the right people. I mean, you could sit here arguing this or this could happen, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and over the finer details, but no one's ever going to be really happy. Some decisions have to be made. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen now moving forward. And I have to say, I didn't predict the majority of things are going to happen. I didn't think the movie was going to play out like this. So it completely surprised me in how it played out. 
Well, I really thought it was going to be like Thanos is dead and gone by the like end of the first hour, you know, yeah. and then like the rest of the movie was just going to be them getting their friends back, which I mean, like, I guess that is what happened. But like Thanos came back via the time travel thing. Yeah, it took a few so twists that was and surprising. Along the way. Yeah, it took a few twists and turns along the way. And like him being able to see what was going to happen in the future and then using mm-hmm. using what you know the Avengers used to, to try and get the time stones, you know, the time machine, you know, to use that that to get back into this new alternate future was was incredibly creative. And you know, because because it because you thought that when um when the Hulk, you know, clicked his fingers, you know, that was kind of like, oh, that's it. Now we've saved everyone. That's great. And then like immediately that happens, the whole <laughs> the whole of the Avengers um hideout just gets completely like smashed to smithereens. And then, oh my gosh. Okay, that part actually bugged me because oh. you see this giant spaceship come in and the entire building is in ruins, right? Like boulders all the way down to pebbles and then freaking everybody is still alive oh my god that bugged me so much even freaking hawkeye who like didn't have a helmet on didn't have like he doesn't have any like protection superpowers or anything like that they did lock down the area they were in they put the big metal shutters but they had just opened them hadn't they oh yeah you're right no you are right (laughs) Because that bugged me so much. Actually, was it Hawkeye that actually walked out and saw the birds and stuff? Um, the birds or something? Yeah. I think he, it was wait, no. No, he um, was on the phone. It was... Yeah. Ant-Man. Yeah, it was Ant-Man that saw the birds. Okay, you can make an argument. Like, obviously the Hulk would survive that kind of a thing. You can make an argument that Ant-Man would survive that. You could even say that, like, Rocket could, I don't know, curl up into a ball and just get lucky but like how did Hawkeye not die from that it literally one of them landed right in front of him and I just thought okay Hawkeye's incinerated like that's end of his storyline but no I really feel like he should have died at that point I'm sorry I I understand I didn't think it at the time but yeah looking back I I I can exactly see where you're coming from when when Thanos was going to click his fingers for the second time, I generally, generally was like, oh, crap. And then there was the whole switch that, you mm-hmm. know, that um, I'm in. And it was, it was actually the perfect way for him to go as a character. I think um, that was a really smart way because he did his final thing. Because, like, you know, Iron Man has always has been this character that, you know, um, he's always been played by his desire to save the day. You know, mm-hmm. he's always felt like he's not been able to do enough to save everyone. And if he can't save everyone, he feels guilty and stuff like that. So even when he tries to sell down and have a kid, he still ultimately he can't rest because things aren't right. So for him to say, and you know, um, Peppa says to him, doesn't say to him, I love you, doesn't say anything romantic, says to you, you know, like, you know, you can rest now. We'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that really signifies his storyline really, and it was the perfect way for him to go. Well, I have a couple of thoughts. (laughs) Firstly, I don't think that it was the perfect way for his storyline to end. Um, I think that it was, it was, it was better than just having him like, I don't know, 
die on the battlefield with like some minor villain or something like that. But it wasn't like the best because I think that for him, like a happy ending would have been like if he could maybe go back to that alternate universe or whatever that was where um, he and Pepper and their daughter, um, whose name I've forgotten, live in that house on the lake. And like, that's just like their little thing. Or maybe like Dr. Strange could have sent him into a pocket universe where that's just like the reality is like a tiny itty bitty, like, just this lake thing and like that's just where he lives forever and i think it's possible for him to just die of old age like most people because i mean like you know like i i I think he tries several times to like settle down in a way or just to to not get involved but i just think his nature is that he will always get involved he will always find some way because he's always still thinking up new ways of creating things you know that's why, you know, he ended up creating the time machine in the first place is just because, like, something ticked away in his mind. He was too curious for his own good. So people normally like that. That's probably the way they're going to go is they're going to go because, you know, because of their curiosity. Or well, they're just I don't there. know, because he was totally fine until somebody came and knocked on his door. Like, he was just hanging out doing his thing. And then once somebody came and asked him for help, then he couldn't help it. He couldn't like stop himself. But I think before then he, if nobody like interferes, he could be totally fine just with his little family. So I I heard online someone making a joke about um, the Avengers, like not being able to afford to like stay anywhere anymore. So they end up like sleeping on Dr. Strange's couch or something. He has like a headquartering. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a Marvel end credit scene. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which there was none of in, in the movie. Yeah. Which, I, yeah. which is fine. Like, I mean, it makes sense because it's the bookend. You don't, you, you want to mark it as like the, the end of that chapter, the end of that sequence. I, I, I can see what they the were trying movie. to do there, but obviously it isn't truly the end, the end. Because. Yeah, but the whole point is that it's the end of this part of the, the Marvel like story. Yeah, but they've got so much crossover in like the old gen versus the theoretical new gen. Like it 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 isn't like, oh, the Avengers are dead now. Let's bring in the new characters. No, they brought in the new characters like way long ago and they're going to continue on. So it's it part of the crossover really, period like ending. Was part of the crossover period, and but I, I don't know. I, I agreed that that was the right thing to do because it just it would have felt a little bit in in bad taste to be like, like mm. you know, because it was like taking a moment to just reflect on the last eleven years rather than you know putting too much attention to what the next thing is. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying, but it, it, it's it's kind of it kind of fitted the movie right because the whole movie was kind of you know bringing to close this story because the story with Thanos <laughs> was teased early on in in this yeah. many movies ago and this has been leading up to this and this is the finished bit of this so it's like we're just focusing on this and speaking I of think, in bad taste they showed tony stark's funeral but not black widows even though they both made the largest sacrifice um oh. 
And she even did it before he did. So she might should have had a funeral before he had a funeral, even though they didn't have like her body. Um, I was surprised that they didn't have like some kind of a, like, even like, I don't know, it sounds morbid, like a joint funeral or like just something honoring her. Or like they could have shown like gravestones set side by side at his funeral or something like that. Just like anything. Literally, it was like, she dies, they're all upset about it, and then somebody says, like, oh, we gotta make it worth it. I think that was um, the Hulk. And then literally, it's like, the Black Widow never existed. She's just out. Can you summarize your thoughts? Uh, Okay, Um, 8 out of 10. Uh, Good could have been better amazing like visuals um not that great of like dialogue really unimpressed by the dialogue but i'm hopeful for the next steps that marvel makes after this okay okay yeah i mean i I can i can agree with you on on the majority of that i think quite easily the t's will cross the i's were dotted in a lot of senses you know um the two core characters, well, really the three, the three core characters that have really driven um, the series uh, of movies so far, you know, your Thor, Iron Man, and um, Captain America, they've all been mm-hmm. kind of put put to bed in some way, in some respect. I know Thor's, tra- you know, out there now traveling the Guardians of the Galaxy, that's going to be super fun, but that's different. He mm-hmm. stepped down from being, from being the leader. Um, he's now, you know, taking the backseat and it, the focus is off him. You've got, you know, um, Captain America being able to live the life the way he always intended it to be great. And obviously, um, you've got mm-hmm. Stark who passed away. So, like, those are the th- three leaders. So, you know, they wrapped up those. And now, you know, it's making the way for the, the new generation. You know, it, it's leaving space now for, for the next generation to take lead. And I'm very excited for whatever that brings. I'm already yes. extremely looking forward to the new Spider-Man Away From Home. To be based in mm-hmm. Europe, which is fantastic, um, <laughs> and it looks amazing. I loved, I loved Spider Man. I love um, Tom. I think he's fantastic, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'd love to know what you guys are listening uh, think of the movie. Don't forget, you can tweet us, email us, whatever you want to do. Just get in touch, and uh, I'd love to know what you think. So yeah, thank you very much for talking with me, Darby. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, subscribe and all that good stuff. I'll speak to you guys soon. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast with Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.